Are you pondering life's big questions? Is the everyday grind getting you down? Well, kick back, turn up the volume and relax. Because you're now listening to The Art of Balance. What's up, guys? What's up? What's happening? All right. Ethan, Shorty, Mm -hmm. T-Bone, Laban. Man, good-looking crew. Oh, yeah. Rough-looking table. It's very strong. Rough-looking shed. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Man, so... I was uh, supposed to clean this thing up months ago. Yeah. Like when you bought the house. Yeah. Maybe. Hey, every project you've ever said, I'll get to it, you'll get to it. That's right. Ain't it's no, part of being an adult. Ain't nobody's business but yours like when me you get to it. Weight. That's a project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a project. I started working out this week, last week. How'd it go? I've been weak on my carnivore diet, but oh. I'll be back into it. I'll get back into it. Hey, that's can what you, they all say. Can you do some of that curtain? Because like it's it's glaring in Shorty's eyes. Yeah. Uh, in order to like properly record this podcast, I gotta be able to see. That's yeah, right. Now, now it feels like a, it feels like a grandma's house on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> it feels like. A, <laughs> Like yeah, because they're too cheap to turn on the curtain light. It's like a Slavic <laughs> on, grandma. Granny. Yeah, there you go. It's real dark and, and it's like dim in seventy nine degrees in a house because yeah, she's been baking all morning. <laughs> Absolutely, Pla- the, plastic on all the furniture. Shutting the curtain on yeah, the shed but, seems indicative of the future of this podcast. It just got real dim. Yeah, I mean that could tie well into death. Yeah, it yeah. could. Well, we're already there. I was yeah. going to talk a little bit about how I started working out. I felt like I ripped something in my bicep. That's uh, the death of your biceps. This is the my death of my biceps. Hurt. Yeah. From what? Me and Eli went out to the driving range the other day, hit 75 golf balls. Good. That's, a, and that's quite the workout in your... My ribs hurt. <laughs> Were your hands hurting after hitting that many balls? No. Yeah, there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> when nice. uh, me and Tyler went out to the golf course the other day, uh, I think I set a course record for most grounders. Yeah. Oh, nice. worm burners. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Looked like I was bowling out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah rolling strikes, baby. It was rough. I got a tournament next week, so I got to practice. Where are you nice. going? Fire Lake. Ooh. Dude, Dad just played in a tournament up here. Yeah, that Is was it last same? weekend. Okay, cool, cool. Dude won $260. He, he won? Yeah. yeah. Is he playing in next week? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sure if like, I might go ahead and pull out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like me, Trent, Trevor, and... uh uh, Eli, so mm. okay, we really do think we got a shot because I did not know Trevor could drive the ball 320 yards. Really, wow. dude, does it go insane. straight? Uh, <laughs> he's a little wild, right? I would say like 75% of the time, it's like right down the pipe. That's awesome. Yeah, like 25% of the time, it's mm-hmm. wild, but it's still long. Okay. Yeah, that That's dude's a heck of an athlete, <laughs> yeah. he's a natural yeah. athlete. Well. <laughs> 75 percent is a pretty good number it's better than whatever i've got going on yeah (laughs) yeah i did i'm over here trying to putt with my five iron from 180 yards away that's what it looks like uh because eli just now starting out on golf which he's like Mm -hmm. athletic enough to make some good shots and trent asked me the other day he's like what does eli bring to the table i was like i don't know like every two or three holes he'll make a great shot that's what he brings (laughs) i was like Kind of like me. 
Everyone's mm-hmm. small with a three wood. Yeah, that thing still doesn't respect me. Yeah, I don't even pull it out of the bag. <laughs> Just use a driver a second time. <laughs> driver off the deck. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> Just oh, cut man. the grass with it. Oh man. So, <laughs> yeah. but my my game has improved quite a bit. My iron game. It's exciting. Nice. That's good. That's big good. Uh, big iron over here. Yeah. yeah. Big, big iron. Big iron. Good, you know they wrote that song about you? That's right. Yes, they did. Yeah, 50 years before he was born. <laughs> yeah. Wrote that song about the man with the love handles on his head. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got going on. That's what the song's about me. Oh, man. my gosh. Oh. Yeah, like every time I breathe in, my ribs hurt like a mofo. Just don't breathe in. Do you feel like you're getting close to death? No. Mm. I, every time I go to the driving range, this happens, so I should know. Not to do it. That yeah. Well, maybe yeah, start with maybe forty balls yeah. instead of yeah. 75. I should have got the small bucket. I went in there and I was like, I need two bucket of balls. And Eli was like, Are you serious? And I was like, Yeah. How many is in it? And the guy was like, Seventy five. I was like, One bucket of balls. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred and fifty yeah. balls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a pro <laughs> golfer. <laughs> like halfway through it, just got still some, hitting them. Got some blisties. <laughs> yeah, I got some blisties. It's like squirting night lotion in my yeah. thing. <laughs> Just put at this point, it's a putting range. <laughs> Just working on my short stroke. There's yeah. this dude, him and his wife came down there. Yeah, I don't like to judge people while golfing because you know, it's a we all game. It's, like we all started off like pretty bad. And this guy was like, usually, like when you're on a driving range, you start from your smallest club, work up to the driver. Mm-hmm. This dude, Mealy, driver out. Yeah, he's gonna show off. And backwards hat on and everything. And he, first one, ding, topped it. Went like 10 yards. Mm. Then his wife only brought one club, and it was a driver. She hit one, and it like went sideways towards me and Eli. Then the guy hit another one, topped it 20 yards. And he's like getting pissed off, like looking around, making sure like nobody is like looking. He's just sitting there staring like, at <laughs> <laughs> laughing. I'm like, Eli, look at this dude. Yeah, look at this guy. <laughs> Anyway, golf's a hard sport, man. Mm-hmm. It's for old men who have a lot of time on their hands. And a lot of hand-eye. Hand-eye what? That's or, the coordination. There we go. Or I figured it was applied. What else is your hand-eye? <laughs> As per the Doodly Wisdom podcast, we've spoken enough about hands. Oh. We've never spoken enough about hands. <laughs> oh, man. Freaking hand party over here. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's a new... Uh, <laughs> That's a new currency. Once the world ends. There we go. <laughs> Y'all like my hoodie? Yeah, it's cool, I guess. Describe it yeah, to describe the hoodie. describe the hoodie to our listeners, Tyler. It's got a black chest. No, that's gray, bud. Completely bullshit. Yeah. I wish gray I could chest, check. black arms. I, With I wish. Armor insignia. I wish the people yeah. could see it. He slaps his chest, squeezes his pegs. Calls it wrong. Calls it the wrong color. Yeah. <laughs> Lean back. The two Laughing. colors. The two Smoke colors. On the, wall. the two yeah. colors that even a colorblind person could get right. Yeah. You messed up on. Even my dog could get right. Yeah. <laughs> Almost hit the badminton rack. Yeah. It's probably Ooh. not been down Dude, since nineteen. What's weird about this house and shed? You pull it off. So it's got I got like does, ten yeah. badminton racks around the house. Like whoever owned this house, like my uncle, champs. my uncle owned owned this house, but I'm pretty sure these were here before he bought this place. That like, racket looks like old. 15 years ago. What do you call a person that plays a badmintonist? 
That badminton nerd. A good mitten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that is like the color that describes the 1940s. Oh, yeah. That green color right mm-hmm. there. Like That's every, what you think whenever you think of the 40s. Well, every couch or anything was that color, it seems like. It's like this dull. Yeah. I think when I think yeah. 1940s, I think of the color of these curtains. Like a wine red. I think like of a World War II. Mm. So blood. Tears. Oh, taking us directly into what we're talking about. World War II. Yeah. A lot of death. A lot of death. <laughs> a little bit of death going so, on. So what, what do you guys think about death? <coughs> we were really jumping into this. I'm it's jumping just, into, into it. it. It went from <coughs> high spirits. We got time. I'm talking about death. Death don't have to be sad yeah. necessarily. Initially, it's, it seems like it is. It's the destination we're all headed to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's the final it stop. Mm-hmm. It's the final countdown. Okay. You got to change one note so we don't get a copyright infringement. I'm sure I did yeah. such Bubba a <laughs> There you go. Oh, Just man. hit him with the tuba. Excuse me. Real low tuba. Yeah. I've actually forgot a tuba. <laughs> yeah. Big tuba guy. Yeah. Love to practice Old six o'clock in the evenings. I read this really far-fetched Facebook article, uh, mm-hmm. oh. but the question was if no you, way. yeah, no, 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 one hundred percent true. It, yeah, for sure. I'm not. I'm not saying it's true. I just it got me thinking. Yeah. How many fast food restaurants are pumping out burgers like nonstop? Like how many cows are there? You know. No, we had this mm. conversation last time. I mean, there's a lot, of, like, a lot of cows. Because I was like blowing my top about like how many chickens they got actually kill a year. Yeah. yeah. Like oh, yeah. if you really think about it, like it's insane, like how much like food it takes yeah. to like feed. That's why everybody. I used to think yeah. it was like really dumb when people were like, "Oh, I want free range, you know, animals." But mm-hmm. now I'm kind of like, "Oh yeah, I'm about it." Because like you think all the stuff that they're getting pumped in those industrial farming things. Oh yeah, it's not good. Yeah. And I know yeah. like, uh, like I know like some animals like release toxins if they're under stress. Yes, yeah, so the meat's yeah. not as good. Yeah. So, like, if you're, I don't know, but I still feel like if you shot, like, an elk or something, mm-hmm. it's still stressing out. Yeah, but, you it's, just, but it's oh, also, it's but I yeah. think it's the stress from leading up to that point. Yeah, it didn't yeah. lead, like, when you shot that elk, it might release, like, some adrenaline or something yeah, or whatever other chemicals. Is it but cortisol? it wasn't, like, a life. I, I think it's cortisol Is that you release. But it, but it didn't. Yeah, I think it may be. Melatonin. It didn't live like yeah. a life. It's <laughs> <laughs> thing's not a, dead. It's just asleep. <laughs> you just hit him right in the sweet spot. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I shoot him with a melatonin bullet. Yeah. 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 You just see Cam Haynes. Nighty night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that elk did not live a stressful life its entire no. life. Like, obviously, animals are going to have stress when it goes to the watering hole and it hears like someone step on a stick. Yeah. But it didn't live just like a terrible life where yeah well plus i think like you killing like you killing an elk in the mountains is a lot more mm. natural that's, than just being like a wind uh, that's the old circle of life there you yeah. think? like uh could that be death knocking on the door plus like <laughs> i like not to sound like dark or anything like i've it. watched videos of like them slaughtering cows mm. yeah, and those like, cows are like fighting it yeah and it's about where it turns so they're already down. stressed out yeah. at that time and I don't know if you know like how they kill them. They have a bolt gun. Yeah, and it shoots them right in the forehead. They, the I thought the bolt gun actually killed them. It just knocks them out. Yeah, and then they wait. And they cut their throat. Cut their throat. It's about the one where they put them in that machine, turns them upside down. They hook them in the nose and like cut their throat. 
No. Because that one was rough. I've seen <laughs> uh, I've, I know about that method, but there's one where they – you know what a bolt gun is. Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like within an uh, old brother work. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No country yeah, for yeah, old no man. Country yeah, no country for old man, that thing. Yeah. And shoots them, and as soon as they get knocked out, they go over there and just slice the throat. Mm. So, like, you got to imagine that's got to be pretty rough for a cow. I, yeah. Well, the video I was watching when they put that when they clapped that thing in that machine, I'm just imagining this dude be like, oh, okay, okay, and then it turns around, sounds like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Yeah. What? Not often do cows get <laughs> like, flipped off. Imagine that down. being your job, like, yeah, like I gotta go cut this cow's throat, and I gotta mm-hmm. be there for eight hours doing that. You think that's like psychologically like healthy for that person? No. No, just I think killing cows just, in like a, like an inhumane way. You're continually being exposed well, to think, just slaughtering, like, yeah. and that's not a humane way to do it. Like I like mean, a butcher is different. Like a butcher, mm-hmm. is yeah, like, just cutting up dead meat. Yeah. Well, but, sometimes they do kill them. Yeah, but I mean, like, but it's like they still use the bolt guns and butchers. Yeah, but yeah. it's not in the masses. Like someone calls yeah. you, you go out, you get the cow, you come back, you yeah. chop it up. It's but not I like, still think, like, I think if I was gonna have to get, like, if you're gonna get slaughtered. Wouldn't you rather somebody knock you out and then cut your throat than, like, I don't know? No, no, yeah, I yeah, understand but, yeah. that. The way he's describing it is, you ever play, like, a Dynasty Warriors no. on the – on no. where you, like, run into this – Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? You, like, run into this army of other guys, and you're just swinging your sword, just taking guys out. Yeah. Like, like that's essentially an eight-hour day of cow slaughtering is going to be yeah. like that, you know? That's that, that dude's mindset. I am a samurai warrior, yeah, yeah. yeah. and like, I will destroy these cows. I am a ronin. And it's not to—I'm like not to make fun of the guy because the dude might—I mean—inevitably be passionate about feeding others. You never know. Yeah, yeah. But, but. I mean, it's definitely probably like the necessary evil kind of thing, mm-hmm. like the like, and like the cows. Like I don't know if they can like see something because they're—they're probably all in a line. Yeah. And it's just like one line. Yeah, you're just like, what's to... that cow doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if they realize, like, I'm sure it is because you probably, like, the other cows that are getting killed are probably, like, freaking out. So yeah. they're probably, like, all tense. So now I understand, like, why free range cows and, like, going yeah. out and shooting your, like, own, like, meal, like, mm-hmm. like eating, like. I want an elk hunt so bad. Yeah, like, oh, going sure. and killing your own stuff is healthier. Yeah. It's just now we live in, like, a society where it's, like... It's just right then. Like, you get instantaneous. Well, yeah, you need it right then, and it's, like, it would be impossible for everyone to go out and kill their own. Mm -hmm. And because because we've clumped up in societies where millions of people live in one city, so you have to import food and stuff. Yeah. You know? Which I am glad that, like, not everybody's like, I gotta go hunt. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. That would kind of ruin yeah. hunting. We'd be hunting each other on accident. Yeah. Everybody so, could you imagine just a family walking through the woods, not in camo, his dad has a handgun. He's like, yeah. look out, son. Shooting like Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> I just go out there, everybody else hunting, I just, they shoot it, I track it. Yeah. You know what <laughs> Mine. Yeah. a crazy like stat is? What's that? Back when like... LeBron James vertical? Yes. That's insane. LeBron James hairline? LeBron James. Oh. Yeah. But, uh... Back when, like, buffalo hides were a thing, mm-hmm. like, Are you they say, like, the biggest biggest death yeah. to, like, buffalo in, like, Montana was the railroad. Because, like, people didn't, the reason, like, they did beaver hides back then was because they were lighter. Nobody could really carry around buffalo hide. I got you. So. Well, and it was waterproof, so many good hats. Yeah. 
So and pool when tables. they put the railroad through like Montana, the first year that they started hauling up buffalo hides, it filled uh, seven box cars. They they killed two hundred thousand bison. You said yeah. this is just their hides. Yes. Like, wow. Well, because they said like in that that uh, Comanche book, they would talk about how like there would just be like hundreds of thousands of buffalo walking they used, together. They used to say that it used to take days for a uh, like bison herd to mm-hmm. pass you. There was like wow. millions of them just traveling and in herds. So the next year, Golly. when they went and got a bison, they filled like I think like three boxcars, forty thousand. The next year, they only filled one boxcar, and they estimated that there's only like one bison left in the state of Montana, and the Smithsonian went out there to try to kill it. So the Smithsonian did. They tried to go kill it so they could put it in the museum. And be the last one. Like because there's no way there's no way for that one to like uh, reproduce. It's like why not just import another one? (laughs) And. Like, yeah, let's just, it's uh, insane. Like, like that. It's like, sad to see something that's so cool, like just be reduced to nothing. Well, yeah. no, like mm-hmm. they'd forgotten about like there was bison in like Yellowstone, but at the time, uh, like, Yellowstone's like well known as like the first national park. Yeah, it was founded in 1872. So to like, protect them. Yeah, it protect. Well, the reason that it was founded as like uh, a national park is because well, they went mm-hmm. there to like. You know, do their business like hunt bison and stuff. Right. Mm. Well, what drove them out there in the first place was to uh, see if there was gold in Yellowstone. Yeah. But they found out there was no gold, and they're like, "Well, this place is beautiful," and they founded it as a national park. And nice. Like that's they say like that's what saved like the buffalo in the lower forty-eight was because uh, Yellowstone was protected at that point. Yeah. Right. And one thing that also was just bad about it is like the people were just shooting them and then taking the tongues and then the hide, the hide and that was it and they were wasting all the meat i mean because the tongues were like a luxury food back in the east so then they would just ship off the meat like the tongue meat and then just leave the whole carcass there what's insane is that they would like corner them on cliffs and just run them off the mountain yeah, yeah. the natives would the natives everybody oh would. just okay yeah because that was the easiest way to kill them in masses yeah. was mm-hmm. to just run them off mm-hmm. i think the uh, <laughs> the sad part about that is the smithsonian was like oh only one more buffalo in we montana <laughs> do not let that buffalo breed with any yeah. uh buffalo yeah. from idaho yeah do well, not you let gotta that think happen. like they were thinking <laughs> yeah. like well there's like no other well plus they weren't probably thinking like let's con- conserve the species and then just try and reclaim like yeah basically remake them but but that's so yeah, like kill I, it so we can preserve its legacy yeah. that's we can so put sad it in that, our cool museum <laughs> that's so sad that that's our mindset not you know we'll let it live out its life or something like no we gotta kill that sucker well, i mean that was also like a hundred well back in ago. the day they thought like that's like <laughs> bison would never run out like they because they saw so many of them if yeah. it's taken seven <laughs> days for it to get past you i'd be like yeah but that's wow. straight up like the equivalent of pigs or it didn't happen like go well, kill that yeah. last buffalo or it yeah. did not exist same way with like <laughs> beavers yeah they almost they... killed them all like all the mountain men almost killed all the beavers because yeah because mm-hmm. like the demand because so they high. thought they thought they would never run out <laughs> yeah and it's like insane like which beavers are kind of a nuisance but Dude, it's awesome they are a nuisance but I'm sure they do play some part in the <coughs> ecosystem. Well, yeah, what's yeah. crazy is how big a part they, like, you wouldn't realize that certain animals play in the ecosystem. Like, they said if, yeah. if 
I don't know the actual statistic. We could probably Google search it. But like if the if the bee mm-hmm. went out of like went extinct, it'd be like four years and planet Earth is like something yeah. like that. We could probably Google that, but I'm not going to yeah. Yeah. search. I, I thought about it. I pulled my phone up, but then yeah. I was like, eh. nah. fact check Dude, me. <laughs> I was watching the. I wish Trent was here because he was fact checking the whole time. This show, <laughs> what on Earth, what on Earth on the Science Channel, and they were like, it's like where they. Sh- they look at satellite images and yeah. they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. There was one and it was like this huge, like, dead spot in a giant, like, woods up in Canada, I think, like British Columbia. <laughs> like a clearing or what? Yeah, were it was like okay. a huge clearing, but they were like, that doesn't look like natural. Natural. So they went out there <laughs> and this one guy, he was like an explorer, which I'd love to figure out how you become an explorer in modern times. Because he would just like, just he take went off in walking. There, he hiked, I can't remember, like, 20 miles or something like that or 10 miles through the woods and it was like really hard like thick woods because you know it's still wild up there yeah yeah and he got there and it was like a gigantic beaver dam like the biggest one in the world (laughs) and they said it would have taken like 40 years so it would have been like like five or six generations of beavers to build that thing and it's insane they were going to take over yeah they're like this is our woods (laughs) i think uh and i can't say what national park it is but there was uh like wolves used to live there and then it was montana yeah the wolves like died out migrated out and um what they started noticing is that like all the other animals that were like destructive to nature just like destroyed the area because the wolves weren't there to thin out like i think it was like hogs and stuff like that elk like started like running wild it was like it was either wyoming or montana yeah, but then there's other places like because um, Colorado was trying to like Joe Rogan and Cameron Haynes were talking about it on their podcast, <laughs> but he was saying that uh, Wyoming because yeah. wolves they're trying to pass a bill right now in Colorado to reintroduce wolves. And yeah, then, no. but it's like really really bad for the elk population because like <laughs> they did it in parts of Idaho and it like completely like if wolves go unchecked they will just kill everything. Yeah. Because they are, like, such an alpha, like, you know, apex predator that if nothing's in there to check them, they'll just go crazy. And, like, they'll start killing cows and all kinds of stuff. Like, That's the reason that they started disappearing because, like, ranchers would, like, go out there and just hunt them. slaughter them. Let me, let me ask you all a question real quick. And this may sound kind of hippier out there, but what is it between an animal and a man where we're obsessed or it weighs heavily on us to kill our prey like humanely or morally but with an animal an apex predator they don't give a toss they'll just rip the sucker apart and don't care if it's suffering and they'll eat it alive that's exactly what steve was talking about on his podcast (laughs) well but i think like the thing is is like there's like the way that they're the way that like a predator would kill is is a uh honorable death for the other creature because it's the circle of life well, you know, like isn't that, I mean, if you're getting I mean, eaten alive, there's not much honorable about that. Well, I kind of see it as like it's the hunt and everything. Well, that, like in Genesis, yeah. how God was like, "You're in charge of the animals." Like we respect it, and then yeah. the animals is just instinctive. Like they're just like, "I'm here to. This is all I do. I kill mm-hmm. and survive." Because that's what like For Steve Rennell was talking about. He's like, "I go out there, I kill a grizzly bear, mm-hmm. and I admire him. Like I." Like it's like you something. appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, them. It's just like this is everyday. Thing. Yeah, this is what yeah. I, I got to do. It's just like us going to work. Like we have to yeah. do it right now yeah. to survive. But you're not also like in the animal's head. So like, mm-hmm. I think like to kill a grizzly bear is almost. 
outside of the bounds of the circle of life because that's the predator. Yeah. Like that. That's a natural that's force. Where we yeah. stepped in and kind of became mm-hmm. alpha over something that's clearly alpha we're, over us. We're the alpha yeah. alpha. Um, but, we, but we do have domain over bones. animals. And like when you're talking about like introducing wolves back into um, like a, a certain ecosystem, I feel like that's part of the task that God tasked us with because we mm-hmm. are to have domain over animals. And when we wipe out too many, we did a bad job. And when we let too many of them stick around, we did a bad job. And yeah, you kind of like have that's to. That's why I think hunting is like not only like noble, but just like the right thing to do because it does. Yeah. It helps control populations because, like, if you didn't hunt whitetail in Oklahoma, they would be running rampant all over the place. I think it was in like the '90s that they released like panthers and mountain lions to help um, control the deer population. Yeah, here in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, because there's times I go rucking, I can hear something. I can hear them. Yeah. Yeah, it's creepy whenever they do that. Yeah, because I'm not. Whenever I there's times early in the morning, like 4:30 in the morning, whenever I'm walking down that service road, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can hear crap moving in that bush, and so I just clench my knife. And I'm like, well, what am I gonna do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got 50 pounds on me. I'm oh, not yeah. real agile right now. That close to the road, it could just be like a skunk and stuff too. But it, it could be, but in my mind, in yeah. it is a six like, foot uh, skunk. You, was it yeah. me and you, Tyler? Whenever I lived over there in the woods in Payton, that we were walking that trail. Me, you, Dalton, and I think Quentin. And that thing was like walking behind us and every time we'd stop you'd hear like one more footstep yeah because they i looked it up after Mm -hmm. that and it said like mountain lions will stalk just for fun like just to get better at it yeah they just like stalking things but it's just creepy to Mm -hmm. like hear something and not be able to see it at all yeah and like going back to like appreciation for animals like steve Mm -hmm. Renault went so far to say is like when he dies he'd rather be like cut up into pieces, put out in the woods for a bear to eat so he can return to favor of them giving him food for his life. Wow. <coughs> be kind of a morbid job for the mortician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you got to think, like, like this that... This was Steve's wish. Yeah. They just strip him naked and dump but him I in But I understand, like... You got to think, like, that's, like, his mentality. Like, he yeah. appreciates them so much because that's all he, he eats. Like, he only Wine. eats wild game. Yeah. Like, but stuff that he's killed and or people like have given eat, to him. Yeah, I feel like yeah. there's something, too. Like, you eat wild game, like, it makes you more, like, it probably boosts your testosterone, makes you feel better. Well, you look at Steve, and he's, like, in his mid-40s, and, like, he hardly works. I mean, he does work out. Mm-hmm. But not to the extent. Yeah, and, but, like, he is hiking all the time. Yeah, yeah. or, like, Cameron Haynes. Like, all they do is eat. Like yeah. elk all year long, and he's running a marathon a day, mm-hmm. working out and shooting his bow, and and working in a forty hours. A week. Yeah, so impressive. But I gotta say, one reason why I brought up that that the question of us versus a wild animal when it comes to morality and this that and the other, when I bought that cow heart, and when I was cooking it up, like I couldn't escape the fact that I was like, dude, this is a this is a heart. I'm I'm preparing a b. I mean, it's different than preparing. A ribeye or just a yeah, steak. It's like this was the engine and the life force yes. of that. This was the this was the yeah. This that, was the combustible engine keeping this sucker going. And, and maybe that's why it's so like nutrient packed. Yeah. It's because it brings life to other people. Yeah. Like I like mm. I know that's weird to say like, like even no, like no, a hippie yeah. thing to say. Yeah, but like it's like you're eating well, I know that's what like they said Indians would do it, like when you killed something they'd rip the heart out and then take a bite out of the heart because it's like you get mm. you get that animal spirit kind of thing. Like, I know that's real, you know, far-fetched, but I think there's a little bit of, like, psychological stuff to it. There was, like, some of the old-timers had this theory that your diet should consist of, I think what it was called was like for like. Like, if you're having heart issues, you need to eat heart. 
who are having liver issues eat liver. Yeah. And the more I look into the <coughs> carnivore diet, Steve Rinella and, you know, Dr. Uh, Saladino, that seems to be pretty dang true. Because after I ate that heart, like 15 minutes after that, I had some kind of weird energy where I was like, I could take a nap or I could run five miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I never <laughs> But kind of like what you're saying, I see it from both sides for like an animal's perspective when, uh, like let's say a wolf hunts, that wolf fulfilled his purpose and the other animal fulfilled its purpose. So it is kind of a natural circle of life. So there is kind of, there's like a respect and honor in that, I'm sure, if if animals could feel that way. Um, Because then through the process that wolf is going to uh, then pass the yeah. deer through its body and it's going to yeah. return back to the earth and it's going to fertilize and, whatever soil well, is there. But I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, but also there's also sin hasn't just impacted human yeah, it lives; it has impacted everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so creation still has like a a disconnect between maybe what was once natural because I don't know if all these animals lived in the garden together, which I don't believe that the Garden of Eden was the only. Um, hospitable place on earth for life um but if they were all living in harmony then you know at the end of time we know that the lion lays with the lamb maybe there is some kind of reconciliation to come Mm -hmm. um so it's just really interesting when you think about maybe none of us were meant to actually be carnivorous but that's just the path that we're on now i don't know i don't know well um i just feel like we have canines oh for for a reason Yeah, yeah absolutely not the dog but the teeth yeah, um, we have dogs. Gosh, I was There's gonna say dog. something, but I forgot it. But you can like see it, like in, like, especially like mm-hmm. Tobin. Like, I know you haven't been around him a whole lot, but like whenever he opens his mouth, because you can see like different and different breeds of dogs what they're made for. Like I'm sure Chuji doesn't have like the same build. He's like built like as a protector. Like he's a bigger dog. He's got a big mouth and stuff like that, but he's not built like yeah. just for. <laughs> chasing something down and like attacking the, the Pyrenees was created to serve and protect yeah. like sheep and then and like mountains. Tobin is made to hunt thing like he was they were bred to hunt deer so he's built to be like fast and strong cause like he is already like even like at 40 pounds if you weren't paying attention could almost yank you down and he's got like slim hips and a big chest. Like he's built yeah. to basically use all of his body weight to tackle things dude that's funny cause that seems like a mirror spitting image of humans from different regions. You have Africans that are longer limbed, skinnier. You have Europeans that are more hardy, adapted to the cold, higher fat content. Hairier. He- there is some hair I'm on my chest. I'm definitely from <laughs> Northern <laughs> Europe. <laughs> yeah. I guess from the uh, yeah, far north. Anglo Saxon no. blood. But, like, why don't Indians, like, have hair? Like, that's a good question. Because they were, like, mainly in, like, the high plains of, like, South Dakota. I guess it's regional. I mean, you you're Seminole, so it's probably like warmer weather. Yeah, well, I mean, they just also well, just dress differently because like I, I don't see yeah. a lot of African folks that have a lot of body hair. Yeah, they're you know Central or Southern African. Yeah, but I mean like. But then you get the Middle East. Well, I think like, like when you you're talking about like when you watch those long distance races, it's typically mm-hmm. like a Kenyan or an Ethiopian. Yeah, and they look. Rather frail and malnourished, but because but they're for like endurance, yeah, their, their tribal yeah. the tribal mindset like long ago was they didn't outrun animals or outpace animals, but humans have the ability to kind of breathe and sweat as they run. Where animals mm-hmm. they don't sweat, they pant, so they have to yeah. stop to to cool, to, to cool off. So they would exhaust 
um, the animals that they were hunting to the point where like they had to stop, and then that's when they'd go in yeah, for the kill. Yeah, that's you interesting. Admit, I like, didn't know like no animal sweats. Uh, I can't say that no. I can't say no animal sweats, but like like if you were Basically, thinking about you're chasing mm-hmm. a hog, you can chase that hog until it just passes out from exhaustion. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You know what <clears throat> thing makes me mad? Like okay. seeing videos of like people saving a like something from like being eaten. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you just messed up. Yeah, you just yeah. messed up this guy, this like animal's dinner. Yeah. And then like and this, and then this Karen goes and eats a burger. Yeah, like yeah. this. <laughs> Like, I hate videos like that because you yeah. just robbed that animal of, like, something that's probably been, like, trying to look for for, like, a yeah. couple of days. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Like, life is all about perspective in that way where, like, if you <laughs> if you saved a deer from a mountain lion, uh, you didn't see the impact of, like, now that mountain lion didn't have any food to take back to its cubs. Yeah. 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 Well, but what, what's this, this fascination in society and civilization where we don't want to see the baseness of things? Like, I don't want to see a guy, you know— uh, take a dump on a street corner and people don't want to see an animal being slaughtered. Like it's like civilization is obsessed with not seeing things at their most base. Like if there's a dude that walks up and he immediately just starts cussing and he doesn't have a lot of vocabulary or he's kind of, kind of dumb. Nobody really wants to associate with that guy. So it's like things that like the lower level of, yeah. I don't want to say evolution or what have you, but things at their most base people are kind of like stray away from yeah well, i mean i think it just kind of comes from like just the definition of like civilization like civilization is like you know mm-hmm. hygiene yeah very people coddled living, yeah people living for together sure. like sheltering yeah. yourself well we live like you you avoid hard things because you're trying to create this like false sense of security, uh, security and happiness yeah when in in reality like the hard things make the good things sweeter Absolutely. and i think that's why like i think we talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago maybe on the other podcast about how like we've gotten soft and it's not necessarily like a yeah. bad thing but we don't lean into like when you lean into the hard things like you're talking about talking to a guy on a street corner like oh no 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 the guy on the street corner was pooping yeah yeah sure yeah. sure you don't want to talk to the guy while he's while he's pooping yeah. but uh i think for me like for me um, it is. Yeah. when you when you avoid the hard things yeah. you did not make life easier you made life more complicated yeah um, absolutely like let's say for instance the guy sitting on a park bench in a park because he's homeless mm-hmm. that guy probably his human interaction is probably so low that the guy probably doesn't feel like a human anymore but yeah. we avoid it to make it better for me but won't lean into it to make it better for him and i think that as society mm-hmm. like you avoid the deer's death but made it harder for the for the mountain lion. Like when you when you avoid hard things, you're not easing the pain. You're just complicating it. Yeah, and that's my opinion. Well, like I don't want this to sound heartless, but when it comes to like a homeless person, and I don't know, I don't know homeless folks' story. I'm, everybody's got a different story, but whenever I see somebody mm. standing on the street corner asking for money, and they're smoking a cigarette, yeah, and they're able, you got something. Yeah, they're able-bodied and stuff. My first thought is like, why do you, you know, do you, do you not have a job? Like, if you have a job, and you're, you know, you're just you're grinding to try to get a place to live or something like that, that's different. But when I see somebody able-bodied smoking a cigarette, asking for money, it makes me think they just gave up. And so my first reaction is, I don't want to be around that person because I thank God every day that I have friends that are like y'all. Like I have, I have a diverse set of friends that excel at what they're doing 
you know, this guy's out here slinging freight. This guy's, uh, you know, youth pastor and getting it done. I am not a youth no, pastor. This, this guy's, he's not a youth pastor. Sorry, I misspoke. He's, he poops on street corners. He's, he's the example. <laughs> Missions. This, and, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. Well, I think. I don't know. Because you and I have a very different perspective because I am some, a missions pastor or, or what have you. <laughs> um, and so, like, my perception of the homeless man is I don't necessarily, like, that moment is I think we avoid the conversation because we can't help. Like I like obviously like I don't have a twenty dollar bill and even if I gave a twenty dollar bill it might not permanently help so like yeah we kind of get into the mindset of like what's the point <laughs> yeah because I don't want to give it to him and be like well you're gonna buy another pack of cigarettes yeah or buy know. drugs but but the human <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the, yeah. I got a point to that but but the difference is before yeah, but what like when you give him that money but what's in your heart he might go buy drugs or yeah. alcohol or yeah. cigarettes but you gave it in kindness so yeah that's all that matters yeah that's because my mom always told me, like, why why do you do that? Why do you give them mm-hmm. money? Because I, I try to give, like, homeless people, if, like, if I can. Yeah. Like, money. But, like, she always, like, why do you do that? And I'm like, because it doesn't matter, like, what he's going to do with it. Mm-hmm. I hope he does the right thing, but it's all about your own heart. Well, yeah, like, what you did with it. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, is, like, the interaction is probably the kindest thing that you did. Like, we get so busy in life that, like, I can't stop on the side of the road to talk to a guy who um, probably he feels worthless. And when I just drive by, I've told him that I think the same. <laughs> um, and that, that hurts me to think that way. But it's not, we get caught in the hustle and bustle of life where I, too, don't view that guy as a human every time. Yeah. He's just the guy standing on the corner who needs to get a job. And, and sometimes that's just not true because I don't know the story. Yeah, I didn't, if I can t- stop and listen to his story, like, and it's okay to walk away from that and be like, Hey man, I can't solve your problems cause they didn't happen overnight. So I can't fix it overnight. Mm-hmm. But talking to someone and letting them know, like, I believe in you. And yeah. like the last time that someone probably heard that, it's probably been a while if they're at that point. Yeah. Um, and just that restorative conversation or those restorative relationships are far more it's not like you have to get his phone number and and talk to him every day but like just Mm -hmm. for a moment you stopped and let that guy feel like he wasn't just a piece of sidewalk trash there was actually a study several years ago um where they talked to people who were lower income poverty line uh homeless and they asked um what do you think society feels about you and they all pretty much said they felt like society just wanted to get rid of them so they didn't have to worry about them anymore rather than trying to solve the issue which solving the issue is complicated and it's messy and we don't always know how to fix it because every person is an individual case. You can't blanket statement things like you can't go out and yeah. give everybody twelve hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds like a nice idea, I but some people, could, I could $1, <laughs> right? some people are going to, yeah. some people are going to waste that twelve hundred dollars. Some yeah. people aren't. Um, so it's just it's it's one one person at a time where you start solving those issues. So, well, that's that's a good that's a good point. When would you say? And this is going to sound anti-American. It's not. When would you say there's too much freedom? Because I see, I don't know, I see a lot of things that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love freedom. I love being able to go to Walmart, buy stuff Walmart. because of capitalism. Yeah, Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Walmart. I'm more of a oldie guy. <laughs> but um, oh, I just don't want to call the weird off-brand stuff. But their food Tastes generally, yeah. But their food generally is better, like their meat and stuff. But Fire Lake. I don't know. There's, there's got to be, yeah. <coughs> there's a, there has to be a fine line between. I love the fact that you can come to this country, 
you can get a job, you can live the American dream. But after you have a yacht or you have a, a, a you know, a Sea-Doo or whatever, and you're driving that thing around a lake shooting your AK-47, when do you stop to consider, you know, the dude on the street corner? Yeah. Like, I see the, the more freedom and the more people can do things, I see a detachment from our fellow man. I feel like things like discipline and philosophy and theology should be taught in high school as opposed to teaching me, uh, I, I don't know, calculus. When was the last time I used calculus? I don't think we got taught calculus in high school. Oh, did you? Oh, did you not? No, I'm just kidding. I don't think I, algebra three as high as we went. I don't think I got calculus either. Well, man, I think I attended it in college, and I was like, yeah, not for me. So I can't. I don't know what the actual scripture is, but mm. it ties back to that where it says like, if you have but your brother have not, yep. then you did not love. Um, and mm. so, like the American dream. Uh, as much as I aspire to do well for myself and for my family, like the American dream is not an embodiment of a Christian lifestyle. Yeah. Because American dream teaches me to work harder, uh, dig faster, get more money, get more stuff. But there's people on our streets who have nothing. Well, how do you reconcile that with Paul saying, you know, let him who will not work also not eat? Like, I mean, I, I don't want to straight out say that's a, capitalist thing to say but i mean that i think that's just a natural thing if you don't work you don't eat but i mean yeah. we, we have to have in a society we have to have things like you know social security and things for like sure. that absolutely and Maturity I think, for sure i think you can contextualize that a mm. little bit um because i think that is within the church so like okay. within the church is a um, not necessarily a socialist society, but it's a so- society for the better good. I would, yeah, I would say. Each other. Um, yeah. So, like, if you are in a body of other believers and everybody mm-hmm. is working towards the better good, but you've got an able-bodied dude who is not contributing at all, that's the guy that I think yeah. that he's talking about there. But okay. um, you know, in in Rome, uh, there was a time where like the Romans were irritated that the Christians' charity was so effective because the Christians would run in and help people and Rome got so irritated with it that they started trying to create their own charity but their charities would not work because it was not out of the kindness of their heart it was actually out of the bitterness of trying to put the Christians down and I and I, I it was like I don't know how to reconcile everything there with um, people who don't have and all of those things because there is mm-hmm. a point where like you help people to the point of enabling yeah. um, and I, th- I think you have to help people to the point of long term success rather than enabling them to keep making bad choices and that yeah. is through yeah. conversations and through helping point people in the right direction and like I said you can't blanket statement that stuff and, and make it happen overnight mm-hmm. um, that's why uh, the like big <coughs> big um, programs you know like like welfare and stuff like that are, are good I- inherently yeah. but there will be someone who, who ruins it for other people Absolutely. because laziness is a sin and but trying to get the world on board with the same uh, doctrines that we live by is also incredibly difficult as well. Yeah, and that's why I don't think, like, until Jesus comes back, we're never going to have, like, a perfect society. Because it's like, do you want to either coddle everybody or do you want to have just the haves and the haves not? It's like there's no – there's never really going to be a great middle ground because – you can make it where everybody has the same wage and stuff like that, and then the people that 
we're going to be lazy regardless or making the same amount of money as somebody who's worked their butt off to become like a doctor. Yeah. And I can, I can see why that would be frustrating, but in some of those countries, people are really happy. So I don't know. Yeah. (coughs) I just don't think it could work on the grand scale of like 350 million people. Oh, for sure. Well, and I think, so I'm over here trying to search scripture and it's clearly like not working out for me. Um, because I don't have all the keywords (laughs) here. Yeah. Um, Man, what 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 are you trying to look up? There's a scripture that talks about like true religion, and true religion is like charity. It's caring for the orphan and the widow. It's caring for the marginalized, and like that's what Jesus came to to do. do. And I think (laughs) we also have to do that. But Jesus didn't mass scale blast stuff on Facebook. Facebook live stuff he was he went from city to city he met with individuals he helped the individuals that he was there to help and then he and then he walked to the next city yeah Um, and I think we can take uh, we can take that example for like we weren't made to save the world but you might be there to save one person yeah I mean that's a good point because when he heals a dude of leprosy and says go and tell no one and then the dude goes and tells everybody like I mean this is Jesus we're talking about but he was like you know let's let's keep it secret he yeah. could have been, hey, go tell everybody. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's like, it's too, if we, I I think we live in an imperfect world because if I set my sights on perfect life, I don't set my, <laughs> sif- my sights on eternity and what's to come. Yeah. If life is perfect, and I think you guys, uh, we've all walked through that where like, it, I was never so happy that <laughs> I made a decision to change something for the better because when I'm happy, I'm content. Yeah. And I think that's why I kind of, turning the wheel here like you walk through hard things typically before you accept a relationship with christ because like if you're like man my life's so great i got six hundred thousand dollars in the bank account i really need jesus <laughs> yeah i haven't met a lot of people well, man, it just goes back to like that verse where he's like it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of the needle than it is for a rich man to enter the gates of heaven yeah because it's like it doesn't take much faith when you're rich no because you are you, you are in it. essence yeah. your own savior yeah, you mm-hmm. made it on like yeah, you got it here. So it's like, what do you need? What do you have to look forward to? Kind of thing is yeah. how people see it. Yeah, well, and I think too when you when you hold on to what you have, it's hard to compare your earthly possessions to heavenly possessions if you have everything on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's really easy to think like, well, if I had money, I would help people. Yeah. Yeah, there's been times yeah. where I've had money, and I'm like, I'm gonna buy something stupid. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. When I was making a lot of money, I I never like I I. <coughs> You never like donate, like put towards like church or anything. Yeah, but you would tip people big and stuff like that. Yeah, but then again, I was buying like stupid crap. I never like. Yeah, you never even use. Yeah, I mean it's it's stupid. Yeah, Mm and I think you know, like Scripture also says, when God trusts you with little and you do well with little, He will trust you with much because you will do well with much. And I think, um, you know, like. (coughs) I always think back to the story of the the uh, rich young man, and Jesus is like, "Sell all your stuff and follow me." And he's like, "Oh, yeah, he's like, I don't no. know if I can do that." I truly believe if that guy was like, "Sure thing, I'll go get after it," Jesus would have been like, "Hey, I just needed to know you would do it." <laughs> yeah, like, you I don't have to get to rid of all your willing. stuff. Yeah, I don't need you to do that. I just need to know your heart is 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 willing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, was it in the Old Testament where that? Dude was like saving up all of his like life riches to like pass down to younger generations, and and God was like, no, get rid of it. Why, like, 
I don't know if it, he was saying I keep it or get rid of it. It's a key <coughs> part in that story, though. <coughs> well, if it's the Old Testament, it's probably keep it because Old Testament was a lot, a lot less charitable in a lot of things. Like it was kind of like build your wealth and kind of, you know, like they didn't live really for eternity back in those days. No, but they also like cared well for the people that were under their care. Yeah, but like, they also had like like you had a head of the household and then like 40 people below them. Yeah. They were taking care of like a small village back then, not It wasn't like in Jesus's time where you, everybody was living in big cities. I mean, they weren't big, but they were probably like, you know, 10,000 people and Yeah. You know what's insane? Just kind of a random thought. I was talking to Tiny about this the other day. You'll see, like, you know, a young college-aged girl or something post some uplifting scripture on Instagram and how everything's all, you know, Jesus is love and this, that, and the other. And immediately, one of the first verses that comes to mind is in Samuel, when God tells Samuel that Saul's going to go, he needs to go and kill everybody in Amalek, the men, the women, the children, the cattle, like everything and slaughter them. Just give up everything. Yeah, I was like, why do I need Zeus or Thor when I have this the God. original yeah. God of war? Yeah. <laughs> like, or like, whenever, like, Jews made war, it was not pretty. No. Oh, gosh, well, no. Well, they had, like, a no. 600,000-man army yeah. rolling up on these 10,000 people cities. Yeah, yeah, when you read through numbers and it's just a census of everyone that's about to, you know, go take care of yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. God oh, would be like, uh, just send one tribe. That's all <laughs> yeah. you're going to need. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and like it was just like the story of Gideon. Whenever he's like got thirty thousand men or whatever, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Okay, take uh, you know, take them here, and then ten thousand people stay home." Yeah. And he's like, "All right, take them to the river, and anybody that laughs like a dog, take those guys." And it's like three hundred people, and he's like, "That's mm-hmm. all you need." And he's like, "You know, like, are you sure?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, also, like, to to go back to um, the Old Testament when God would tell the the Jewish army to just go in and like take people out. Mm -hmm. There's a portion of scripture that says like God withheld Israel for his inheritance. Mm -hmm. And so the other tribes had, I'm sure because the Bible isn't like a complete history um, of earth that there were that I seriously doubt that God did not give opportunity to other people to come alongside him because we have mm-hmm. the same God that we have today, but these other tribes chose other gods. Yeah. And at some point God was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that is your decision. I forgot who told me this. I can't remember if it was like my uncle, if I heard it on something, but he said that like the whole point of the Israelites was to make like a small group and make them mighty, but it was also to show, like, whenever you follow God, you're set apart from the rest of the world. Yeah. Like, that was the whole point. Like, the Jews didn't have all those laws. Like, they were to protect them, but it also was to make them set apart from everybody else. Yeah, to pure. So, so it's, it was pretty much like a representation of what the church is going to be in the New Testament. Like, you follow these rules, and you're set apart from the rest of the world. And, like, to keep a pure line because Jesus was coming. Yeah. Like, inevitably, that was what it was all for, was that yeah. Jesus was coming. What do you think the Lord was doing when uh, dinosaurs and cavemen were running around? Do you think he was just sitting back watching? Well, see, that's what I don't know. Like, I kind of think of a, like, I don't think creation happened 6,000 years ago. I think it's, no, I don't either. I think, like, the seven-day period mm-hmm. was over millions of years. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a gap theory. I think it's called the gap theory where it talks about how there was all of creation and then just, yeah, all these years were 
You know, you had like the, the whenever he's forming the earth, it, it was like a day in heaven, but on yeah. earth it was like you know yeah. four billion years. Because it goes through the Hadean era where it's just yeah. chaos, there's volcanic activity, and you know stuffs. Which also like one thing that always I don't know about you guys, but like, mm-hmm. do you think the revelation is like an actual? Like, it's a metaphorical thing, but it's a still a legitimate representation, or do you think it's one giant metaphor? Like, to say that Jesus is, like, when Jesus comes back, it's going to be, because there's some people that think, like, the kingdom of God is just in you. Like, that is <laughs> what they're talking about in Revelation. And it's not a physical kingdom that's going to reign like it does, like it says. Because that's, and the only thing that, a lot of the timeline on that doesn't add up to me, but... I also get it because, like, the Jews thought Jesus was going to be, like, a mighty conquering king and mm-hmm. he was going to free them from Rome yeah, and then set them apart again and then make his kingdom there. Mm-hmm. But then Jesus was like, no, your king, the kingdom is in you. Yeah, But I still don't see how you can take, like, part of Revelation and be like, well, that part about him, like, coming back and killing the army of evil people and then the reigning on <laughs> earth. Like, I don't see how that could be a metaphor. Yeah, it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah, there, yeah. there is some parts where I, or I think, like, it's, it's all wrapped up into one where some parts are literal and some parts are metaphorical. And you also got to imagine, like, there's, I mean, <coughs> God bless the guy who Jesus shows all this stuff and he tries to write it down in a way that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You know? Giant uh, dragonflies, like. Yeah, with a, and an angel with a thousand eyes. Like, that stuff's well, creepy. Could you imagine John on Patmos hey, just, like. Is he, like, <laughs> thinking, like, a helicopter is a dragonfly. Yeah. Imagine trying to uh, <laughs> describe like with the simplest of things. Like, take an electrical outlet like a and you're trying. With, uh, fire. Yeah, and those like, are cars. Are those cars? Like, are yeah. those cars? Yeah. Well, try, like, try describing an electrical outlet to someone who has no idea what electricity is. Yeah. Like, you plug stuff into it and it comes on. I do. I do <laughs> what? I, it does. Like, I plug into it. He just sees, like, a. Like a truck with flames down the side. Yeah. Chariot. Chariot fire. Like, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a man riding flames yelling, yeah, yeah. John's trying <laughs> to describe. a flag hanging yeah. off the back. He's, he's trying to describe what a 6-0 is to a bunch of people. Yeah. No G- idea. Backtracking back to. Yes. Back to back. Revelation. I don't know if that's literal or not, but I think you can just, I think you have to interpret it yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just feel like it would have to be some form of literalness to it because, like, everybody was looking forward to it. But everybody was looking forward to Jesus coming the first time, too. Yeah. And it wasn't that thought. Well, when, when you're talking about, you know, the kingdom of God being inside of you, that was one reason why I delved so hard into Stoicism. Because yeah. it, it really kind of shows you, I mean, I've said it before, it's like the dumb guy entrance to theology almost in the way that it helped me relate more to how I thought Christ wanted me to be, how I need to have control over my emotions. I don't need to be so wayward and let things that people say affect me in such a, you know, because I don't know if you call me, I don't know, an MF or, or something. Mm-hmm. I the would. Ca- the, you you might. Would. You might. Yeah. The cave, on an eye. Yeah, yeah, the caveman yeah. in me is like, Not bro. Not even spitting in your direction. <laughs> <laughs> the caveman in me is like, start swinging. But then the philosopher or the Christian in me is like, these are just words. It's just wind expelled from the lungs, bounced off the vocal cords that I'm attaching meaning to. It's utterly meaningless. This guy doesn't know me. Yeah, But I do. But you do, and you so call me might, an MF-er anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that might hit a little harder. <laughs> so, but yeah. I, I, I don't I, 
Look how irate you got on there. I'm, uh, yeah, look <laughs> at these. <laughs> so, but what I think you're saying is like words and your interpretation make the meaning of anything, the well, way that you interpret it. It's and I, like I don't. I don't really revelation even, is literal. Well, I, I I do think there's part of revelation that's literal, but when it comes to the kingdom of God being inside of you, I think that suffering and hardship really helps you detach from the things that you the things that you see you know because i mean if i look at a you know i'm not trying to sound sexist or nothing but if you look at a woman who is just caked in makeup like i i hate that because i feel like i'm being lied to just like whenever i see an advertisement for something or on a don't get laven so. started on makeup and the yeah. egyptians and uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah. The, I get what you're saying. Like, you look at a McDonald's commercial, those burgers look sweet. Yeah, and then you but look at them and you're like, this you is get. trash. Yeah. Big Mac, more like Big Whack. Yeah. All right, well, we better wrap up this yeah, one. Let's yeah. I think okay. just closing statement, if you had one about Revelation, Ethan, go. I think that it's probably just one giant metaphor, but it's also literal. Like, I don't think the beast and things are going to be physical beasts, but I think it's going to be like countries and things like that. But I still feel like God's going to come back because it wouldn't make any sense for him not to. Yeah, for sure. Well, cool. I think uh, you got your thoughts. You send those in too. Mm-hmm. The Art of Balance Pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Revelation, mm-hmm. animals, uh, yeah. circle of life, everything that we discussed today. Have I can't we even remember. Have you an email? No, I don't, I don't know. Not. I haven't checked it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> remember we were talking about the last one? With that P.O.D. in there, as soon as you type it up, hit send. Yeah. What is what was P.O.D.s? What does that mean? Payable. Payable on death. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Not, well, yeah. we're gonna Good close out band. this one. It's kind of a open-ended uh, podcast here. Maybe yeah. we'll come back yeah. to it. Love but you. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. 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 I love all fifteen of y'all that are listening. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe we'll all get right. ten. Especially a sore. Shorty, <laughs> Shorty <laughs> hit that stop button. Are you asking me to cut the track? Cut, cut the, the track. track. <laughs>